Welcome to the Healing Ninjas podcast, a space dedicated to highlighting the healing stories of everyday people. This podcast is not a replacement for professional support. This podcast may contain content that may be graphic, violent, or traumatic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The goal of sharing these stories is to help you, the listener, hear how people have struggled in various ways and the steps they have taken to become healing ninjas, individuals who are seeking to master the art of healing. Healing is not a linear process. We all have our ups and downs. This podcast aims to create a brave space for people to share and learn from one another. I'm your host, Hernan Carvente Martinez. Welcome to the Healing Ninjas community. Hey, everyone. Uh, we're back episode nine of the Healing Ninjas podcast. And today I am joined by my friend, fellow bloodhound uh, from John Jay, um, <laughs> Yudi Orozco, um, who has just been a blessing to get to know, you know, and, and it's, it's just been an honor and a privilege to be able to get to know you, my friend. And just thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much for being willing to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I feel honored, privileged, and very excited to be part of the Healing Ninjas um, podcast team. I think this is where my heart is currently, and I'm so ready to start. <laughs> Let's do it then. You know, I in starting this podcast, uh, as you know, Yudi, um, what we're trying to do is center just the journeys of healing and, and just the different phases that we have gone through as people, right? And right. you and I have had conversations about some of the stuff that you've experienced and some of the ways that we connected actively were a result of those experiences, right? And and being able to just follow each other and, and some of the stuff that we do. And so please share with folk who are listening, who is Yudi, why healing is important to Yudi, and, and maybe some of the things that right now are, are important to you as it relates to healing. Absolutely. So um, hi, everyone. I am once again excited to be here. Um, my healing journey has been um, evolving. I think that there's never like, you know, it's like not like you get in a car and then you reach your destination and it stops. It's I feel like every year there's something I'm, I'm you know, always learning to heal from that I didn't know I had to. So um, I remember hearing a podcast um, from Hernan while I was um, a freshman at John Jay. I'm currently a senior <laughs> and yeah. I'm studying law and society, um, human rights and digital media journalism. So um, I also come from a very um, intense background. My parents were um, born in Colombia and so was I. I actually, I was an immigrant um, and I, ent I entered the United States when I was four years old. And as soon as we landed, I would say a couple months later, my father um, was incarcerated. And I think that's where the whole journey of me having to heal from that begins. Mm. Uh, you know, every weekend I was um, visiting him at Rikers and then eventually that turned into state prisons. So I didn't really have a connection with my dad growing up because I would see him very sporadically. Um, you know, I was getting to know him more via letters and cards. And I remember listening to your podcast at some point. I believe it was the Carcerated mm -hmm. podcast. Yes. My brother Marlon Pearson, you know that you got to check that out too, y'all. Decarcerated. Yeah. Remember that. 
Yes. And I remember you mentioned something about your daughter, how you were very young, you know, when when you ended up incarcerated and that it was difficult at, at some point for you and your daughter to connect because you were young and she was scared of you. And I remember that I could relate to that so much because I would, you know, I, I would go visit my dad and my father was covered in muscle and just very aggressive and strict. And I remember thinking I was more scared of him and mm. I would usually hug him and I try to feel that connection, but it was difficult. It wasn't there. So um, long story short, I ended up... Um, you know, once I I, start, I I got into college, I entered um, college with a very, you know, like I wanted to join either the police or the FBI or somewhere um, where I was in a position where I thought, quote unquote, I was doing better for society. You know, of course, my father is from Colombia, so a lot of his charges were drug related. And I remember one day in one of my corrections class with Professor John Bay, which you are also familiar <laughs> with. Yes, from- my mentor, John. <laughs> Yes. And I remember he he brought um, somebody from the from the Vera Institute and this girl brought in a PowerPoint and I had not read the new Jim Crow, but I think the new Jim Crow was like the beginning of my healing process. Um, You know, there's a saying knowledge is power. And I remember I, I used to punish my father mentally. I used to think, well, you know, he's um he's incarcerated he left us he shouldn't have done all this illegal stuff and then when i started reading michelle's book it hit close to home like she mentioned that so many latinos and so many communities were broken in the 90s because of like the draconian laws that were in place and a lot of families were separated and i remember just leaving class that day thinking maybe i shouldn't judge my father so much maybe i should um let go of that thought and i i bought the book and I think that was like the beginning of my healing journey. You know, I've, I've, I've been to therapy. I've, I'm very open about my issues and I have people that listen to me and mentors, but I think reading has also been a part of my journey because being able to have knowledge of the criminal justice system, how it works against our favor, being um, part of a minority group has really opened my eyes to thinking, well, perhaps if my father wouldn't have been in that situation and would have been around and there would have been more programs, maybe I would have a better relationship with him. Maybe he wouldn't have been incarcerated for seven years. So I think I'm very thankful for college and, you know, for your testimony, because I remember, you know, I, I started off with criminal justice and then I, that was my associates. And then when I got into John Jay and I did law and society, a lot of the professors brought in speakers so I remember meeting Johnny Perez. I met Khalil Cumberbatch. And for one yes, of my... the bros. <laughs> yes. I actually interviewed Khalil. And when I heard his story, I'm like, how come my dad never ended up like you guys? Like, you're all speakers and you're very active in the activism community. And I wish my father would have turned out like this. Like, he had his GD and his college degree. So at some point, I don't remember who told me this, but they were like, you know, you need to release him from that. Not everyone has the same journey or the same path. Mm. So I remember when was it? I think a year ago, um, one of my friends was like, hey, I'm going on a trip to Europe and I want to invite you over to Spain. Like, you know, why don't you come with me? And I'm very big on traveling. And I was like, hey, that's weird. My dad has been living in, in Spain for like 20 years and I haven't seen him. My father was released from uh, jail a few years ago, and then he moved to Colombia, then moved to Spain. So 
I was a little nervous because I, I we communicated very sporadically and I, I, I didn't know how to how it was going to how I was going to feel when I would meet him again. So November 2019, I went to Spain. And this is really funny because this is when you really see how healed I was. I, I had heard um, on a podcast once that when you don't forgive someone you you think that the, you're holding the other person a prisoner but you at the end you're going to realize the prisoner is yourself and that's because I'm holding myself from being free and not being happy and not being emotionally um available because I'm holding on to grudges or you know I'm not letting myself um go with all this hatred and whatever yeah. so I get to Spain and when I finally got to hug my father it was such a release it, like I really felt like there were all these chains that were, I had been holding on to. And it was just like, wow, I can actually hug you and love you. And you're not perfect. Mm. I can be free and, and feel close to you and connected to you. And somehow I feel like now that I'm a grown woman, I have to face my healing um, process because whatever relationship I have with him is also going to mirror the relationships I have in terms of a love relationship or my brother relationship or even my authority um, relationships. Like a lot of my bosses would tell me, you have an issue with authority. You know, there's a problem, they're respecting authority. And I I was like, of course, I I didn't really have him around. So I I spent some time with him in Spain and I was able to connect with him without touching on specific topics. You know, I was able to, I was there for a very short time, but I realized, wow, I've come such a long way. You know, in the past, I couldn't hug him. I couldn't look, I couldn't make eye contact. And, you know, it's so funny because the work that we're doing, you know, I'm, I'm actually an interpreter now. I work for Brooklyn Criminal Court as a Spanish interpreter. And it's so easy for me to do my job because somehow whenever I see a family waiting in court or I see someone in handcuffs, I can relate, you know, this wants me visiting my dad or looking at my dad. So when I approach, even though I have to be a neutral party, I feel like the lawyers and, you know, just the court in general feels comfortable with my presence there because nothing scares me. I'm I'm not easily offended if someone curses or if I get, I get a certain vibe from someone that's being, that's incarcerated, that they're being aggressive, you know? So somehow I think the healing process had had so much not only to do with an emotional level, but also with a career level. You know, um, there's there's so much that I needed to do because in order to do this job, I can't sit in court and have flashbacks and feel uncomfortable with the sound of, you know, the keys, you know, like the ones that are hanging from the cops' um, yeah. handcuffs. You know, all of that all used to make me cringe. You know, the, the walking into like court and having to go through metal detectors. This was all something that I needed to heal from before I started this job. And now I'm more centered on like law and society and human rights. Now that I do more activism work, I feel like I am, I can't do it if I'm not healed. You can't help somebody out. There's a saying in Spanish, un ciego no puede guiar otro ciego. You know, like blind, blind. You gotta have some sort of perspective when you get into the job, and you gotta make take care of you first. And that has for me in terms of my health that I take a few steps back. You know that I I chill for. A, I think the first meeting we had was um, I remember telling you because of my digital media journalism project, I wanted to interview you, 
You know, you were yeah. the first that came to my mind because one, I think you're, you're, you've been extremely open with your story. And two, like I, I could see you like this was someone that I wanted my dad to be like, you know, he went mm. to school. He has a relationship with Celeste. You know, he's he talks about her. He knows how she's doing. He knows the little gritty ditty details about her. You know, she comes up on his stories like you are your, your relationship with your daughter reflects your activism because mm. nothing's going to work if the home isn't working. Right. And I remember telling you this in the summer, we went to Roosevelt Island. And then I remember that you were like, Judy, you got to ask people first how they're doing. Like you, like make sure that you just don't come up with your business card and schedule a meeting. And I remember that week you and you and I were both very open. You were like, listen, I'm also going through some stuff with my friends. You know, I'm in the middle of something. And I, I remember thinking that's good. And, you know, these past couple of weeks haven't been easy. I signed up for five classes. And I was telling you that I also have to take care of my health now because my health-wise, I, I haven't been doing too good. So it's like the healing journey is ongoing, you know, ongoing. But I've been extremely inspired by your post because I'm like, you know, we could be out there protesting right now. And we could be out there, you know, like I used to work for a lawyer and I interviewed a lot of the children that had crossed the border like four years ago when I had this job. It was like a massive migration from all the Central American kids. And whenever I had to type their, their their statement for court, I was taking home all that. I was like, man, these poor kids, you know, coming from these backgrounds where they're neglected, abused, and then they got to cross these borders and they got to come here and they have to get adjusted to this new system. So when I stopped, when I, when I um, quit that job and I got my new court job, I felt like it was good for me. Yeah. You know, sometimes healing looks like there are tasks that you will have for a specific time in your life. And then you got to move on from that because it took a toll on my health, on my, you know, like mentally, I wasn't sleeping. You know, I, my phone was blowing up because a lot of the kids that I had interviewed were like, hey, you know, have you heard of foster parenting? You know, like, I think you should like, I remember one girl, she was going through it. You know, her, her family situation was very difficult. And she was like, I think you can foster me. So, you know, I also think from coming from the healing perspective with me, it's like I've had seasons in my life where I can deal with a lot of things, but then there are seasons where I can't be involved. Like, for example, I would never be a good social worker. You know, I, I, I could listen so much to someone and then I know I'm going to take it home. As an interpreter, I can listen to the story, but I don't follow up. So I interpret, I try to do the best with my services, but then there's also a space for me to just do the healing, I guess, from a nine to five place and then come home and then do some activism without being too heavily involved. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yuri, I mean, everything that you just shared, right? You're you're talking about being the child of an incarcerated parent, which in and of itself, though, for everybody listening is a whole conversation that we can get into, right? And You've also unpacked this relationship to your father and, and the connection there and your relationships and just some of the journey of healing that you have gone through, right? Like be and, and understanding folks who are listening that this is literally like a huge example of being able to do all of this and still persevere academically and still achieve and and you know, Judy and I have had conversations. We we both have shared, you know, some of the ups and downs of our own relationships because of the, right. you know, the, the 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 things that maybe we took a while to heal from, 
and right. and and we're here though you know we're able to smile and and talk about them and Yuri uh, and and you know for the sake of trying to 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 be very intentional about this right, right. think of three things that as people are listening right to everything that you just shared how people can actively do some of the work that you're talking about right intentionally for themselves when they're at home when you know i i've seen you and you sometimes like uh, just to give y'all like some context like yudi sometimes i see her posts and she's like at the beach she's like taking care of herself <laughs> and she's happy and smiling like i just want people to hear maybe like the top three things for you yudi that you would recommend are are good things for people to put into practice in their lives to be able to carry as much as you are like as you just shared but be able awesome. to do it in a graceful and happy way so i think the first surround yourself with with that are not going to bring drama and i know that sounds very cliche you know there's i i used to be part of a very big religious community i'm not anymore and i found that in this community i had from 10 people i had 10 friends that out of those 10, I could be around two that weren't going to stress me out. You know, mm -hmm. we, as Hernan and I are the kind of people that I think, and it's a good thing. People trust you because you're open. When you open up to people, they trust you. Mm. So it's good because people will come and vent, but then there has to be a point where other people have to also listen to you and just mm. give you a place where you can be friends, where it's chill, where there isn't just all the time you venting out onto other people. You know, there has to be that time where you can just chill. Just let's go have a taco, you know, on Roosevelt, you know, and let's chill. So I think for me, the first thing is like, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with individuals that are not going to have, for example, if, if, if I have a friend who struggles with substance abuse, it's important for me not to bring alcohol around and make sure that, the, you know, you know, you have sober people around this person, because if they're dealing with substance abuse, you don't want to have anything that's going to tempt them to want to do it. Or you don't want to feel uncomfortable if they're saying, hey, I'm not drinking. You know, So I think that's like the first thing, like be around people that have like minded goals that, that don't always have drama, because if you're in the activism field or you're in some sort of um career where you have to deal with people's problems you want to make sure that you're not bringing those people into your life if you're dealing with these issues right and then i think too it helps to always take some time to go to the beach you know like you said i, I post a lot of stuff on social media and i make sure that whenever i i have a weekend to myself i'm out I, nature helps me a lot you know i camped a lot this summer you know after the pandemic and being so jealous, so jealous. i just yeah. want to keep that real <laughs> yeah we, my brother was like hey bring your tent and we actually went to rockaway and you know after a certain time the restrooms are closed but i can't say how refreshing and healthy it feels to wake up in the morning at the beach. you know even if it's raining it was like one of the best experiences i really do think and i'm not a tree hugger <laughs> sort of speak like i'm not the kind of person that's outdoorsy like i can be home for a while but i think after quarantine i realized that being out in the like being in the outdoors is so important because one you're forced to like be around trees you're forced to breathe fresh air you're forced to look at the birds and the flowers you know a week ago we camped in um in new jersey my family and i and we were watching the stars and we saw like a meteor shower you know mm. we weren't you know, everybody was just like having hot chocolate and roasting marshmallows and we saw a meteor shower. That must the have been beautiful. Morning, 
But that was amazing. And then the next morning we saw a baby fox. So it's like, and I came back home and I was like, I was tired because, you know, when you sleep in the woods, you know, it's kind of hot and you got to eat. Sometimes you burn up the food. But I came back and I was like, wow, I needed that. Especially, you know, if you're living in New York and you only have a few months of summer, you got to take advantage of the sun. Mm -hmm. You know, D is proven to be so helpful, the sound of the wave. So I think, although it sounds cliche, get out there. And and then I would say three, I think meditation is extremely important. Like I was at the doctor's office the other day and I had already had like some sort of, I had, I had to take a test because diabetes runs in my family with my dad. And there, there was a lot of stuff I was getting checked up on. Because with COVID-19, a lot of the the medical offices were closed. And I felt myself getting like a sort of like a little panic attack because my breathing was getting heavy. My heart was racing. And I had taken three meditation courses with my sister-in-law. She's actually a certified yoga teacher. And she taught me how to breathe and I started breathing. And it really calmed me down. So, you know, in a nutshell, I think healing has, like, at least for me, you know, making sure you surround yourself with the right people, you know, whatever that looks like, whether it's your friends, sometimes even family members that you may have to cut off, you know, blood may be blood, but some people can be toxic, you know, to get yourself out there, put, you know, put, you know, go out in nature, walk, you know, you don't have to have the money to go camping, just go sit at the park, you know, go listen to the birds. And then three, you know, learn how to breathe. I I actually, it's funny because I took a scuba diving course last year. I've always felt comfortable in water. The guy that I was dating at the time, he was very aggressive and he was very, you know, he was more advanced. And at some point he took me to like an 80 feet lake and I started hyperventilating. So I wasn't breathing properly and I, I could have killed myself that day. And when I got out of the water, you know, I was like, well, I never want to feel that again. And the other day when I was at the doctor's office, just waiting to see the doctor and get my diagnosis, I was going through it. I was I was breathing heavy and I started like just doing the breathing exercises and it really helped me. You know, healing is like the new healing and, you know, health, health and mental health is like the new thing now. I think all these celebrities that have committed suicide and, you know, so many people struggling with mental health issues, it's important to know that. Breathing exercises help, meditation helps. Having your mind just quiet down for a few minutes can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, the constant healing thing. Like my doctor was like, listen, you have to meditate more, change your diet. You know, there's other things we could get into. <laughs> and and you know, changing my diet is going to be part of it now and, and exercising. You know, you can have a, a good mental health if your body isn't responding properly as well. So, but for me, those three, Hernan, they have really, you know, hit the spot. Yeah. And I, and I want to just like really briefly have people understand that, you know, Yudi just talked about breathing and meditation and, and like doing it in a moment, like a spur of a moment, right? Like it's not, you don't have to just sit there for you know 10 minutes at home in the morning like if you need to take a moment just to meditate and center yourself like do that right and practice it in in your day-to-day and 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 try to build it into your 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 toolkit of of healing resources that you have for yourself and yudi i i i want us to sort of close off in like the briefest way possible right on just how people can 
So as we're talking about this, right, you're you're actively sharing resources that and 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 things that people can just do at any point, right? But sometimes it's hard to surround yourself with people who are on this path or on this journey because you know, it's isolating on some levels, right? And 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 even going through it is a little isolating. And so are there ways that you have seen that worked well for you that really allowed you to build those kinds of connections to different people? And, and you know, along with that thought to, to close off, is there any book or resource or other things that you, you know, would want to share with people who are out there listening, who, who just want to, you know, maybe take a read at something that has impacted yeah. Yuri's ability to heal? There's one, I'm sorry, I don't mean to curse on your podcast nah. but it's it's called unfuck your brain mm. it's a very short read but this i think the, what makes the book good is that this author is so funny and she talks about anxiety panic attacks depression and the book is really funny because she really goes into it scientifically on why your body reacts a certain way when it's under pressure or depressed and then she i'm not going to give you guys like the whole details you just got to read it but that one's a really good book and it's funny and then monkey mind hmm. it's a new bestseller so those two are really good monkey and mind then, monkey mind yes like a monkey it's called monkey mind and that one's also very funny um you know the it's really it's, it's interesting it's funny but this this the author comes from he was sexually abused hmm. so and his mother was a, a psychologist so it's a very good read. This is a very good read. I'm not going to give it off, but you guys got to get that book. I'll be sure to and, share them. Yes. And then when it comes to connecting, I think you did something really cool when I hung out with you. You you referred a friend to me and you were like, hey, there's this girl that I want I want you to get to know because she's cool. And, you know, whenever we've talked, you know, I feel like she would benefit from having a friendship like yours. I think some people are very shy and they're afraid to put themselves out there and, and you know, make connections. You and I are just, we talk, you know, we're, <laughs> chatty we're not shy and because of our jobs we've been forced to like know how to public speak so i think for those of, 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 of the podcast people that are listening if you're at john jay john jay has a lot of um cool groups that they could link you up with like you know the you know there's like a club for undocumented there's a club for like people that want to get into law school you know there's the latinx club there's the lgbtq LGBTQ, you have to get connected to these groups. Like sometimes people are not going to reach out. This is New York. People are tired now with this pandemic. We're generally exhausted from our commute. But I think it helps to connect if you're in college with these groups. And I've built very strong relationships at work. Sometimes people are like, you know, that's work. They're not really your friends. You know, you. I disagree. I've made very strong connections with coworkers, mm. you know, and my mom, I've been fortunate to have a mom that actually listens and she likes to give advice. My mom is very big on healing ninjas. She actually told me, she's like, please tell Hernan that if he needs help, I'll help him. I don't have a degree, but you know, like I could help healing ninjas <laughs> in Spanish. So my mom has been like such a blessing in my life because she really pours into my heart. She listens, she's supportive. So I think reaching out to people you know you have to be be put, make sure you need connection we need human connection there's no way that that's going to happen if you don't give yourself the opportunity to introduce yourself i think i reached out to you on social media <laughs> yes that's how we be friends i was very aggressive i was like bro i really like what you post Keep, <laughs> 
you were like such an inspiration. And then one day you're like, okay, let's just hang out. We've been friends for four years on Instagram, man. Come on, let's grab a taco. And I'm so glad that we did because I know you're busy. But whenever we've had conversations, you really like plug some wisdom into my life. So I think people just got to, you know, it's so easy. Facebook, Instagram, shoot a message, you know, make friends, you know, Mm. be but you don't isolate yourself. That's very important. Mm. Don't isolate yourself. Yes. Thank you so much, Judy. And I'm, you know, I'm a, I might have to hit up your mom. I might take her up on that offer. You know, we, I want to yes. honor all of our Spanish speakers out there who may be my own parents, right? Like I would love for them to hear some stuff. So we'll look Absolutely. into that, y'all. We'll totally look yeah. into that. But Yuri, muchas gracias. Gracias, you know, for, for the books that you've shared. I'll definitely include those in the caption for this episode. And just thank you so much for your energy, for your friendship, for for just being you and like legit giving me time to be able to host you on this podcast. And just gracias. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias a ti. And thank you for honoring me being here. I feel so special. I've, I've, I've been following you for years now and I'm so proud of you. You know, I think that you have struggled and it hasn't been easy, but it's so worth it, Hernan. What you're doing, this is what people need. You know, we don't need more money. We don't need more programs. We just need to freaking heal before we do anything. So gracias a ti. Be encouraged. And if you guys need anything, reach out. Feel free to message me. I'd be very happy to help in any way that I can. Un abrazo. Awesome. Thank you, Yuri. I'll be sure to tag all your social media too so people, if they want to connect with you, they can. Muchas gracias, Yuri. Muchas gracias. Un abrazo. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and follow us at Healing Ninjas on all social media platforms. If you're interested in sharing your own story, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.healingninjas.org and sign up to be featured. We look forward to sharing your journey next.